Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week, in the red corner, a massive slice of slightly uncomfortable 80s weirdness. But we can't complain, as it says it on the tin. From 1985, we're experimenting with weird science. While in the blue corner, Oscar Isaac is definitely not a people person, as Donald Gleason discovers when he pays a visit and meets his boss's bunker bots in 2014's Ex Machina. By the way, you did an excellent job. Thank you. Hello? Showering is real fun, isn't it? If we're going to have any kind of fun together, you guys had better loosen up. Ava was a rat in a maze, and I gave her one way out. To escape, she'd have to use self-awareness, imagination, manipulation, sexuality, empathy, and she did. Now, if that isn't true AI, what the fuck is? So my only function was to be someone she could use to escape. Yeah. And you didn't select me because I'm good at coding. No. Well, no. I mean, you're okay. You're even pretty good, but... You selected me based on my search engine inputs. We're trying to design and build the perfect pod for today's fight to the death, so let battle commence. It's Clash of the Titles! Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Butters! So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? <laughs> I'm Alex Zane! I'm Vicky Crompton. That was creepy. I'm Chris Tilly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was creepy. Creepy and sad because one little maniac of this two is not going to be with us for a couple of weeks. This is your last show for two weeks. Yes, I'll be away, but mm. I'll be trying to collect good stuff for you to bring back. Good content. Yeah. <laughs> last time I came back with some Ryan Johnson... He might be there this time, not Ooh. sure, not been announced yet, yeah. but I'll come. I'll bring something back, I promise. And if it's not a quote, it will be some booze. Mm. Oh, great. Fine with either. Fine with either. And perhaps while Better you're out there, both, yeah. shoot some long form video, uh, <laughs> sure. which we could put up on our brand new YouTube channel. <laughs> of course. Mm. You want to type Clash of the Titles into the search bar to find that, baby. <laughs> All right, this is part one of Weird Science versus X Machina V's choices this week. Enlighten us as to why. So I'll just be honest. Yeah. Uh, my friend Sarah, who listens to the show, 
uh, she wanted us to do Weird Science and Mannequin and she was asking me if we would do that and I thought that was a good idea mm. then we went to the pub and there was some shouting about Mannequin and I actually think in your defence it just is not that easy to find or it wasn't that easy to find so that was don't look place. at me when you say that I have no, no idea if it's easy to find that's Chris's department <laughs> anyway it got replaced Mannequin got replaced with Ex Machina which I was and it doesn't make more sense I guess so I was fine with it and now here we are that's the most honest straightforward answer I've got great yep you were fine with it. That's I was. enthusiastic <laughs> yeah. for the next two episodes. I w- no, it's because the thing is, obviously I'll talk about this at length, but I can't, I need to look inside myself and understand what it is. But Alex Garland films, I get disproportionately furious with. Don't you get excited beforehand and yeah, then disappointed yeah, but that's, that's by? The, the kernel of my anger comes from the expectations being through the roof mm. and those expectations not being met every single time. Is that his fault or yours, though? It's entirely his fault because he writes and directs the movies. Right. <laughs> Maybe he's just got someone brilliant that does the trailers. I don't know. But the- you're, it's your expectation. He might deliver what he considers the right Alex Garland movie. Yeah. It's just not right for you. I think as well it's because everything he does is like really my thing like I it should be it should be perfect for me and then there's and also being obsessed with script the stuff that undoes me in it are just such easy fixes and that's what I get I think I know one of them yeah. but I tell you what would be a good time to talk about this in depth in the other episode that's correct <laughs> yes because we're doing weird science today uh, so uh, you gave us a clue on last week's show didn't you Yes, I did. It was? The lads have got all dolled up. The lads have got all dolled up. Uh, Now, we only had one clue uh, this week because out of respect for the 10-day mourning period following the Queen's death, we decided not to post or promote the show, Uh, which means that no one got the right (gasps) answer this week. It's a Clash Pod first. Your clue on its own was not good enough, I'm afraid. Do you think if we'd added in my clue to the mix, people might have got it? What was your clue? Because you were pleased with it, and I was pleased with it. But You thought it was about a different film. Did I? Um, (laughs) My clue was, if you build it, they will come. Oh, gross! (laughs) Oh! Bosh! Right there. (laughs) He's getting there. I can't believe you did that! People disgusting. Oh, he's a gusher. He is a gusher. (laughs) I I didn't do anything, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Just gave a firm thumbs up. (laughs) So, yes, uh, which means that uh, tragically no one wins the prize this week, which was a trip a week away at my underground robo-sex dungeon. So, Chris... You can come instead. Yay! (laughs) You can come. Mine was bigger instead. Mine was bigger. I'll bring the grandpa. (laughs) Oh, please do. Right. Connection section then. Let's do this. Uh, I'll start. So a quote from Weird Science actually applies to both films when Gary says, I want to put the woman we've created in real life sexual situations and see how she reacts, which is the plot of Ex Machina. (laughs) <laughs> they they both use porn to design the appearance of the women. I thought they used Albert Einstein. Oh, no, that's his brain. Sorry, I've got confused. Well, there was a big debate about whether they should even give her a brain. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> she would just die. <laughs> sense. Don't matter. How long is she alive for, though? That's the thing. If you watch, how long do you need? Four, five minutes? <laughs> <sighs> I wonder if we can actually make this show weirder than weird science. That would be fun. Mm, no. <laughs> Any more? I want, no, your girlfriend is a homemade robot. That's mm. what I've got. A homemade sex life. Yes. Actually, not so much in weird times. Um, and and uh, is it the end of the world? 
Aye. Are we done for, based on what these oh, two Oh, well, no, Chris. And I refer you back to created. my earlier comment about Alex Garland fucking up the Gnostic in the landing. Ava isn't the technological singularity. He's quite, uh, Nathan is very clear about that. So nothing's going to happen. So it's fine. Do you want to do Ex Machina now? <laughs> Shall we just bowl straight into Ex Machina? No. No, because you love the chronology of the whole thing. So on Thursday, I'll be asking, would you have sex with a clever dishwasher in Ex Machina? <laughs> Which means today, Chris is being a weirdo, scientifically speaking. With weird science, Chris, take us on a journey. Two incels 3D print a woman who gets them drunk, pulls a gun on their parents, turns their brother into a turd, and very probably kills their grandparents. (laughs) She doesn't, however, have sex with the lads, making this an inspiring tale of female empowerment, rather than what I first wrote for this synopsis, which was Aladdin with tits. Aladdin with tits, yes. Okay, yes. Pitch it, pitch it, pitch it. (laughs) It's great. Strong. Put it on the deck with what's the other one? Blade Runner with spiders. That's <laughs> still a great idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. Though. <laughs> I'm writing that right now. What even is that, Nikki? When did you first see Weird Science? So I was very little. So uh, I wrote this, and I was like, I shouldn't say that. But then I think you always talk about your old video shop in whatever that street. Barker's on Street Lane. Street Lane. That's and congratulations the one. <laughs> again to Leeds for having a road called Street Lane. So the video <laughs> shop that I used to go to when I was little was in a part of Blackburn, which is ostensibly called Mill Hill. But because I'm from Blackburn, I call it Millil. So uh, I would have had this... I, I was at primary school. I definitely wasn't at secondary school. So we just would have got it out of the video shopping, Millil. And I've only seen it once. And all I remember is... I obviously remember what the film is about. And I remember the creation scene. And then all I remember is where the the reverse of the house putting itself back together. Mm. And that is all I remember. Wow. Because obviously... 10-year-old, 9, 10-year-old me, the stress of getting told off for making a mess is quite high in your little child brain. So when the house gets put back together, Mm. the relief has stayed with me mm. for 30 odd years but no nothing else so you're a big Mary Poppins fan yeah I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it you've never seen Mary Poppins no. no I think that's why we talked about never doing it here because I think it's one of those films Vicky's refusing to ever watch it's, so it's on my list with refusing with The Sound of Music and Mary Poppins and I think that's no, it isn't no it? in fact I remember this conversation The Sound of Music I don't like right Mary Poppins I like we're doing Mary Poppins with we know what yeah we could do the old one and the new one that would be nice nah, we know what we're going to we'll do, do with okay fine I'm not I'm not anti Mary Poppins or anything because be weird <laughs> be weird hill yeah, to die the on the nicest lady in history <laughs> anyway that's my thrilling story Alex first watch never no seen way! this yeah yeah um, and obviously wow. as often happens with movies like this from this era I spent most of it going. God, if I'd watched this when I was 11 mm. or 12. What, you would have loved it? I would oh, have yeah, of course bloody you would, loved it. It's yeah. the wish fulfillment movie. Is is this the most 80s movie we've ever done on the show? Oh, it's, up it's up there. It's up there. It's certainly I up mean, there. I didn't love it, and I did watch it around that age. I think I was a bit older, because it was a 15, and I don't think I got it out. I think I was a bit scared of it, to be honest. Mine was a 12. Okay. Or maybe it's I, 12 didn't his... exist when I was 12. Oh, no, it didn't. It's a condo. So did, I, did my parents rent me a 15? Maybe. That's outrageous. Mm. I mean, right. it, is, it is a 15 as well. I mean, it's not like a... It's it's a proper 15. Is it? Because there's a gun in it. And there is some <laughs> nakedness. Yes. <laughs> Carry on, sorry. Um, <laughs> so I probably watched it when I was about 13 or 14, I would say. Right. And I was very impressed with the main lady. Mm-hmm. I thought she was 
amazing. Yeah. But it didn't really do much for me, this film. Of the John Hughes films, I didn't watch a lot of them because I thought they were for girls. Right. <laughs> I watched Ferris Bueller. And I, I respect thought, your honesty. Yeah, I've got to say, I didn't, I didn't watch 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink or... The Breakfast Club? Didn't watch that till I was about 17 or 18. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is good. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, this, this was not something I grew up with as a favourite in a way that it does seem to be a cult film for a lot of kids of our generation. So kids you knew at school, your friends weren't doing quotes from this because that's the no. thing I really feel no. I missed out on. There was no. a guy I knew called Phil Stark who used to always say, the quote I just did to you as we were coming in, would you like a greasy pork sandwich and a dirty <laughs> ashtray? And I used to go, ha, 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 because I wanted to be part of the gang and everyone else was laughing because they'd seen weird science. But now I understand where it came from. Okay. It was a nice moment. Took me back. So none of us grew up loving this film. That's, it, the, that's where we're coming from. It passed me by, but it meant when someone said, oh, it's like weird science, I got what they were talking mm. about. But there's just, a, but it's the central conceit I've always remembered, but yeah. everything else, no. Nope. Yeah, not, not a rewatchable film. No. Okay, let's do a little bit of background. Not a huge amount, but we're going to start in 1950. Cool. Uh, because that when, that's when Weird Science Comic launched and lasted for 22 episodes. And they were anthology tales about aliens and monsters. And there was a story in it, Alex, called Seeds of Jupiter Mm. from Weird Science 8. Okay. Do you know what was in that? No, I know the train song, Drops of Jupiter. No. Now she's got in her atmosphere, drops of Jupiter in her hair, oh yeah. No? No. Honestly, nothing. An alien bursting out of a chest that a young Dan O'Bannon was a big fan of. Ooh. And so it helped inspire Alien, the Weird Science comics. Um, but Joel Silver was also a fan, Uber producer Joel Silver, and he bought the rights to all of Weird Science comics. And as he told Coming Soon, uh, .net, uh, the day all those big books of EC comics arrived, they were sitting in my office and there was a real hot girl that day sitting at lunch in the commissary at Universal. And John Hughes walked in. He was sitting in my office and saw the one doing the packaging on the books in those cases. He saw one that said weird science and said, what if two kids figure out a way to make that girl that was in the commissary and call it weird science? Yeah, it's such a creepy story. Awful. Wow. Did you see that girl, Joel? Mm. <laughs> what if we made her? <laughs> but she would do anything. <laughs> what do you think, Joel? What if we made her? <laughs> what if she had no vocal cords? What if she couldn't speak? <laughs> she had to do what we wanted, Joel. What if we did that? <laughs> that's Is this more a- like how Joel Silver sounds than John Hughes sounds, but that's fine. <laughs> Is this a movie, John? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I we, can just, we can just do it now. <laughs> Bring her in here. Tell her the movie. Tell her who I am. <laughs> Tell her who I am. I bet he said that a few times. So young. So he, he was happily married, John Hughes. Okay. Yeah, so he's really one of the fun. good ones, apart from in this. Yeah, I was going to say. He's, he's one of the good ones, but he was a little bit obsessed with Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Quite mm. a strange story there. But anyway, back to this film. So, yeah, he li- he had the idea and he liked the name. And as Joel Silver said, if I'd gone to EC Comics and said, I just want the, the title, they would have said no, but I'd already bought them. So that's how we ended up with the film being called Weird Science. Um, and there's not a lot here in terms of background, because as ever with John Hughes, it all happened quite fast. He just got stuff made. Um, in the space of two years, he wrote Pretty in Pink and European Vacation and wrote and directed 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science and Ferris Bueller. Mm. That's in the space of two years. Um, and we know from past episodes how quickly he works. So um, as Anthony Michael Hall tells it, while they were making Breakfast Club, he came in one day and said to him, I wrote 30 pages last night. 
and he famously wrote this over a weekend, basically. Um, sometimes I don't you know can if, tell. I, think I was going to say, sometimes yeah. I don't know if I believe those stories. I wonder but if, if he's at scene transitions, John. Not a thing. <laughs> What's coming next? Anything. Could be anything. No foreshadowing whatsoever. Police chase. Why? Just cause. Chaos. It's mad. It's mad. <laughs> but and that's why I think I'd have liked it, because it is. It's just, yeah. it just keeps throwing stuff yeah. on yeah. top of it. Another yeah. bloody yeah. biker mutants. What? Does it make sense, John? <laughs> Who cares? It's weird science. <laughs> um, but it's kind of an anomaly in his career, being it's sort of the silliest film he made, it's the broadest film he made, it's the only real fantasy. But also he was obsessed with computers, they were entering the home, what are they, how do we put them on film? And it sort of he combined trying to understand what computers were going to do for us with where he always was, which was plugged into the psyche of, of teenage boys and specifically geeky boys who want cool girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so casting was done by a woman called Jackie Birch, um, who went on to cast Commando, Red Heat, Coming to America, Die Hard, Roadhouse, Judge Dread, and End of Days. All of, which, oh all of which we've done. <laughs> done all of her work. Yeah, apart from Judge Dread. Should have recast that. Um, Anthony Michael Hall was John Hughes's celluloid avatar by this point, so he, he, that was a done deal. Um, Robin Wright was initially playing... The woman in question. Okay. Uh, Lisa. Uh, they had her for three months and then her agent signed her up to a soap opera before they started shooting. So she walked out on the project. Um, and then it was between Kelly LeBrock and Sharon Stone. Wow. Ah, there we go. <laughs> what? There goes what? what? Uh, she was my, when I was a kid. Yeah, of course. That was, it was all about Sharon Stone. Not even Basic Instinct. The first time I watched Total Recall, I, I fell know. in love with Sharon Stone. I know you did. Mm. Um, so yeah, you would prefer her more yes, than yes, okay. please. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 can you get her? Can you bring her? Could she do aerobics <laughs> in the thing again for no reason? <laughs> oh, that aerobics outfit! Uh, so they offered it to Kelly LeBrock. He can't even look at you. <laughs> uh, she turned it down because she was working on something in France with Sting. Then that shut down. She came back and they uh, gave her the role. And as Birch puts it, Kelly was much warmer with the boys than Sharon Stone was when they did the screen test. She would eat them alive. Sharon Stone would. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, and the only other person they mentioned sort of in the behind the scenes was the fact that John Hughes offered Robert Downey Jr. the role in the room when he met him. Oh, really? He liked him a lot. Okay. Don't know what happened to him. Right. <laughs> should, we, should we talk about the film? <laughs> yeah, yes. let's do this. Okay. It's got its own song. <laughs> it's got its own song. <laughs> Weird science. Uh, we're not there yet, though, because right. we start with a scene in a gymnasium yep. of our two young heroes I guess. Um, perving over women. Uh, they are Gary, played by Anthony Michael Hall, and Wyatt, played by Ilan uh, M- Mitchell Smith. Um, and uh, this, this scene was shot after they'd finished making the movie. So, um, or finish, finish principal photography. And so here Gary says, I want to shower with them. I want to hit the city with drinks with them. I want to throw a party with women everywhere. It enabled them to make it look like they'd planned the whole film like oh, that. Oh, nice. Bit I didn't realise, yeah, because yeah. he shot the thing. I went, God, I haven't done any scene transitions whatsoever. Yeah. So I'll tack one on. Oh, I like that. Uh, it's like, it's Very like, good. <laughs> make, it makes you look more clever yeah. as a writer. <laughs> um, and so they pick the girls that are going to fall in love with them. Um, so they've got something for the film to vaguely work towards. I, I mean, it doesn't try that hard. <laughs> 
But again, we're setting out, I guess, the theme of the film Some here. Some sort of story. Yeah. It's a good scene, though, because that's proper. If I'd watched it as a kid, and even as an adult watching it, I'm like, that's nightmare fuel. Having your shorts pulled down in front of a room full of girls at that age. I Ooh. guess, yeah. Do you know it's got a name in America, what that is? Mm. It's called being pantsed. Are you telling a lie? No, they got pantsed. Okay. Yeah. Why did you think he was telling a lie? I don't know, it just sounds so obvious and therefore so silly. No, fact. Um, I thought you'd picked up on some micro-expression. Oh, yeah, no, she can read (laughs) micro-expressions, but she can't see her dad putting a camera on a wall. (laughs) Alex Garland. Thursday. 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 Can you believe it? (laughs) Um, And the pants... I hated that bit. It's so annoying. Uh, if you uh, look in the background there, uh, Caleb, look in the background. What am I doing? What am I doing? Huh? I distracted you by ripping up a picture. But there, look, camera, battery powered. I'm a robot. So, I see everything. Not that. <laughs> it doesn't get affected by the power outages. I should have done it fucking ages ago. <laughs> but the, the power outages that despite being incredibly clever, I have no idea that Ava is doing them. We think. <laughs> Alex, it's sorry. your credits. The song is Weird Science by Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Is that a band you liked? Uh, it's not. I only no. knew them from movies. They, they, their songs popped up in movies. Yeah. Um, but this is the one that changed everything. So, obviously... the, least... it's, the it's the song that turned Oingo Boingo into the Oingo Boingo we know today. <laughs> <laughs> Before Weird Science, they were just Oingo Boingo. And now, what, it's Wembley Stadium... Well, well, you know who the lead singer is, don't I you? do not. Okay, well, there is a point here. Is it Bono? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's Danny Elfman. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, this cool. was, and so as the lead singer and songwriter of Ongo Boingo, this, I think, might have been the first song he wrote for a film, and this is what changed his career. He decided, oh, this is what I want to do. No and more so, singing. Well, he sings on Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it's him s- singing the Batman soundtrack as well. Dun, 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 he doesn't use instruments. He, j- he famously doesn't use Danny, instruments. the human instrument elfman, <laughs> yeah. is what he's known as. Not strings, Danny. No, not strings. <laughs> um, so, a couple of deleted scenes. There's one here. Yeah, pretty much the opening scene after credits should be them. And I've watched this. It's on the Blu-ray, uh, the Arrow Blu-ray. Then watching a black and white version of Frankenstein that then becomes colour. They talk about Dawn of the Dead and I spit on the grave. <laughs> and Gary says if he was Frankenstein, he'd make a girl. It just gives the whole thing more context because it does happen quite fast it's, without much I mean, explanation. This is the thing. That's the kind of film it is. But I do admire it and I'm also annoyed by it. But I find it quite charming that they're just watching it. They're like, fuck it, let's make a girl yeah. sex robot. And not even now. Like, I love... I love Superbad, I love Booksmart, I love Ladybird, I love that Superbad but with kids, whatever that was called, all of that. Mm. So I get it and I re- I'm really into it. But nowadays, if you do it, you'd be like, well, Gary, you're a science major, whatever sure. they call it in America. Just some thread that pulls the scenes together or one of you is a computer genius. That's why I love this as well. It's like, he's not a genius, he just has a computer. <laughs> That's the best bit. Mm. Would you prefer if Doc Brown showed up with his blackboard <laughs> or is it better without? I think it's better without. I do think it's better without. Yeah. I never used to think that until you started highlighting the chalkboard. And again, we'll get to this in Ex Machina. There's no need for wetware, which I think is what he said, because I was a bit, being a bit sick. Um, but anyway. What's wetware? I think he says her brain is wetware. Okay. But I might have misheard. Right. But I was like, why are you explaining this nonsense? Just leave it a mystery. So unlike a lot of uh, John Hughes films, it's shot sort of like a universal horror film. A lot of the angles, a lot of the style, uh, it's a bit of a contrast to other things he's done because now we've got the designing girl montage. Massive boobs, make them smaller. Then, as Alex said, do we need a brain? 
question remains. <laughs> they, they, uh, they give her a brain. It, it's it's. It's kind of ahead of its time, though, because they put in the specifications they want, which is what you kind of now do on a dating site. Or you did. You say what height you want. You say what age you I want. I don't think you're allowed to you pick the boob size. size. You can say you can pick body set shape, or at least you could when I last time I was on one of them. Can you really? Yeah. Oh, that upsets me. Athletic. Okay. Not athletic. It's just total recall again. Yeah. <laughs> What's the euphemism on the dating sites for big tits? Because it been a doesn't. While since I've been on oh, there, if I'm honest. Um, maybe so... nowadays it just doesn't. Maybe everything's just young people are just off the hook, aren't they? Like it just says, "I like big tits." What I have like, you got? I like it'll be pillows because you could be pillows. talking. Yeah, I like firm pillows or big... I, I like uh, you know. I like big butts and I can't deny. There we go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll get you out of that. Thanks for getting us uh, out of that. Thank you. So, that bad. Yeah, I, I didn't know where it was going. They steal some kind of power from a military computer. It's so awesome because they don't know anything about computers. And he's like, we need more power. But how would you know that? But I don't care. I think it's brilliant. They feed an image of a model who looks like Kelly LeBrock into the computer. And then we've got a combination of Einstein, Mozart, Houdini and David Lee Roth. None of this pays off. No. (laughs) She needs to escape from somewhere if we're sticking Houdini in there, because otherwise that's such an outlier. Let's have her play some lovely music. (laughs) Houdini's the outlier. David Lee Roth and Einstein. Well, there is some David Lee Roth later in the film. I think we hear his cover of... He's a pretty woman, he sings later. Oh, yeah. But why not Joan Jett? You know? know. Sexy woman. That's what this is about. You don't want to wake up next to David Lee Roth. It's kind of cool that they hack a military-grade computer though you don't see hacking that much at this time and i, I think it's good to yeah. see a little bit of early hacking mm. and it's done mm. quite well yeah. but also because all the computer design seems designed to keep out hackers because they say access denied but at that point in time there was only like four hackers <laughs> so they've got this whole thing and then i know this is my particular uh, fondness but like showing progress into the computer as a tunnel love that but also when you're watching the graphics you're like is it working or is it not working because <laughs> it's not really obvious is it? it's no. like there's a ticking clock could be a bomb could be progress could be well done no idea I do. I think it's like lawnmower man levels of brilliant visuals. <laughs> yeah. I honestly do. <laughs> yeah, on, on less of the budget, really, as well. And a few years before, <laughs> yeah. uh, they put bras on their heads, which is one of the most famous things from this film. I don't. I don't really know why. It's just a bit creepy because he's had to go into his mum's underwear drawer. I, I, I'm not going to rag on this film being like. And then they just said this about women because it's like that's what the film is. But this, there are some things adjacent to that that I'm, I'd really forgotten about, and I'm not mad about. And bras on heads is just like, oh, bras are funny, and that's why we've made teenage. I don't like that because they're not funny. But I'm still hung up on the fact it's your mum's bra. And she's got four of the same as well. Like, so unimaginative. I don't mind that. Okay. Uh, they perform this ceremony over a doll. I'd forgotten they've got... Why have they got, a, like, a Barbie doll? There's a little girl's I mean, room as well, though. Has he got a sister that doesn't... Oh, uh, maybe, they wrote, a, maybe a they wrote a sister out of the film. Yeah, because he's hiding in a room later that looks... Well, sorry, a lot of um, gender assumptions there. It's I got know. a lot of It was the 80s, it. though, so it would have been. So Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes no sense. Anyway, the sky turned red. Good. Lightning strikes. Yeah. They press enter. <laughs> <laughs> There's chaos all over town. A dog even ends up on a ceiling. This is a great montage. Did this not remind you of Ghostbusters? Yeah, montage? it did, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was really well Because of the lightning, the yep. crackly lightning thing, yeah. And then the doll turns into Lisa. No logic, no explanation. Um, she is just, she's been 3D printed. Yes, she has. Um, and they take a shower with her. Yep. She tells them to loosen up. Yeah. Because they're in the shower with their jeans and shoes on. Alex, do you wear shoes in the shower so you don't have to see your feet? 
Uh, that's a very good question. I don't because I don't need to look down in the shower. So I just, I, they're out, but. What know. about to wash your legs? You can, well, I can look. <laughs> well, if you, obviously, you can't see me right now, but I'm proving that I can look up at the ceiling of the podcast room and wash my legs. And, and what also... about your balls? Well, yeah, you know, I know where they are. Let's, I know this body let's, intimately. Let's see you do them. Let the record show you asked for that. <laughs> Didn't you think you'd actually do them. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't need to see my feet. But in terms of this, I, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with looking cool. Like, I think I've told you before, I went on holiday to Crete and I wore my trainers and jeans and a, a, <coughs> a coat and a baseball hat on the beach and I refused to sit Why? in a swimming costume because I thought it was uncool. So watching them in the shower... I would do that. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be in my trainers and jeans because I think I look cooler than in my pants okay. or naked. <laughs> I just, I was a bit upset by it because I'd forgotten about it. And the, the joke is, oh, they've actually got their clothes on. But for the first, or whatever, two thirds of the scene, you think they're naked. And then it's like, why is that legal? As in for the labour laws, I mean, for shooting the film at the time, I was like, you've got two young people, but because I don't know how old they really are, probably in just like a pants with an older woman. Is that all right? Yes. It's the 80s. Yeah, so that's fine, isn't yeah, it? Of course. Yeah, of course. If you've been to a beach, it's legal on a beach. <laughs> I know, but it's, there are laws, Chris. <laughs> it's a movie. It's Hollywood as well in the 80s. Yeah, Anything I know. goes. I well, just find it, I think, so just the things that I don't, is her insistence on kissing one of them later makes no sense to me. The film still works without her getting off with a child. Yeah, all right, uncomfortable, Dan. It's really bad. It's, he's six, I mean, in real life, he'd have been, I think he was um, 16 slash 17 years old and she was 27 yeah. uh, when it's horrible shot for this, everyone which is that's the real thing in the film he's playing 15 yeah yeah it's not it's not horrible for everyone <laughs> um, well I saw, I saw a recent panel with the three actors and uh, they were saying that this shower scene um, that the, the, the two lads couldn't stop giggling and yeah. so it took days to shoot mm. which they were pleased with so um, Lisa I read somewhere named after the Apple Lisa oh okay that's a could be We've talked about the it Apple Lisa, haven't we, on a yeah, podcast Alex wasn't on? The Steve Jobs yeah. one, yeah. yeah. That oh, makes sense. Yeah, the Apple Lisa, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the idea, I guess, is that they would control her, but very quickly she's controlling them. Mm. Um, she's immediately, literally in the driver's seat. So uh, this is, I'm not getting, so she's like magic, because she can do anything, can't she? This is oh, why really? I said... This why is, are you getting into this? She's, she's, a, she's, she's we just have to she's accept. She's a genie. She's a she's genie. She's a genie, all right, fine. She's a genie, because right. she can create a... Pink Cadillac out of nothing. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, she can freeze people in time. She yeah. can turn people into frog monsters. Yeah. She can do whatever. It's and, a boggling, I think. And she can supply you with a fake ID, which we're going to talk about after this break. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And we're back. And we're not going to talk about the fake ID. We're going to talk about the blues bra bar that they go to. Bra, so, see? It's easy. They're funny. It's just a <laughs> funny bras word. Are funny. Um, yeah. This is very, very, very bad. Yes. I just, right. So again, forgotten all about it. It's just so racist. Let's just just say it. It's yeah, just so really Ga- racist. So Gary, Gary walks in. It, it's it's a largely African-American bar. Gary walks in and starts doing a voice. Yeah, it's terrible. And also, it, it, I was feeling very nervous about it because I realised re- it's a repeated beat almost from Adventures in Babysitting. Mm, yeah. And that starts to look like someone's got a problem. Like mm. the, the Adventures in Babysitting beat is they walk into a, a club that's predominantly African-American punters and they feel out of place because they're the white people. Mm. Okay, so we repeat the beat there. It's like, oh, that's a bit icky. But the voice, and then it goes on and on Mm. and on and on and it never stops. Uh, Just when you sort of go... Oh, thank, thank God, God that's over. Yeah. They're back at the house. He's still doing it. He yeah. loves that voice. So I did some digging into the voice. And mm. he I mean, he was such close friends with John Hughes. He's, he'd be around his house all the time. And Hughes would be showing him um, Charlie Chaplin videos. And he was a big Richard Pryor fan. He'd show him Richard Pryor videos. And this was Anthony Michael Hall doing an impression of a Richard Pryor character. Right. And John Hughes thought it was so funny. He would get him to do the voice all the time and he wrote it into his movie and made him do it for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And um, I found an interview with the editor of this film, um, Chris uh, Lebenson, who says the studio questioned having minors drinking in a bar and speaking in jive. Mm. Um, he said, we wouldn't get away with it now, but the preview audiences loved it, so it stayed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, give the audience what they want. Um, we meet Chet. Yay! <laughs> Played by our old friend Bill Paxton. Yeah. A year away from Hudson. This is a year before <laughs> Aliens. It's like a prequel. Do you not think this kid could become Hudson? Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. an Aliens prequel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bill Paxton, maybe our second favourite actor on this podcast. We love him. We do. Yeah, nice I was too. very pleased to see him. Um, and he is not underplaying the role of <laughs> older brother bully Chet. He's blowing cigars in their faces. He offers them, what does he offer them? A greasy pork sandwich and a dirty ashtray. <laughs> and he laughs in the weirdest way imaginable. Um, so, uh, as Vicky said, Lisa kisses Wyatt. Um, we cut to the next morning. You and made me. You control me. Wyatt's wearing her pants. Yep. Yeah. Her knickers. And so, um, I don't know. I, the implication for me there was that they'd shagged. But she says that he couldn't. <laughs> of course he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. She's like, well, we'll try again later. It's <laughs> No, she She says that he passed out 10 seconds into her gymnastics routine. I started to feel sorry for him. Like, it's not normal. Like, I said I wouldn't. And it's, but it's just so odd that she, I don't know, this insistence that she's, I think it's really sweet that Gary and Wyatt can't do anything with her because it's too terrifying because of course it is. But it is weird to have an older woman be like, well, I can't believe you passed out because I was doing gymnastics. I feel, I feel let down. I think they should have had sex. No, you don't want to see that. I don't have to see it. It was just the knowledge that, yeah, it worked out. Then the film would have to end. <laughs> sure that's the end of no, the film. No, they can still learn a lesson. Um, so they do what all 80s kids do and head to the mall to buy perfume. But again, yep. no scene transition. No scene, like, we're shopping. Why are we shopping? I just, fuck it, we'll go shopping. <laughs> it's like, it's so just, throw, just throwing I things at us. I love it. Um, she, Lisa buys some tiny see-through knickers. And ask an old lady for a barbed wire bra. Um, 
Robert, uh, I warmed up to this movie. It started and yeah, I was me like, too. this is, I'm not enjoying this. And then it got uncomfortable. And then around this point, I started going, actually, no, I can deal with yeah. it. I've got a handle on the fact this movie doesn't have a handle on itself. Yeah. And so. it's to her as well. Because when she first starts talking and it is a bit jarring, like you just like, I don't get it, like kind of thing. But then when she makes a joke about the bras and she's like, have you got a leather one, a rubber one? It's like, that's funny. And she does it really well. And I really, really warmed to her that I wanted to spend time with her rather than just being this anomaly. Yeah. Mm. She's sort of effortlessly cool in a really yeah, weird way. Yeah, in a way. weird way. Uh, Robert Bully Jr. pours drinks on them and the shopping mall erupts in laughter. Mm. Uh, and then him and his bully mate, they flirt with Lisa and they're willing to leave their beautiful girlfriends... Um, for Lisa. Uh, they make that clear. Because the message is you're worthless if you aren't as good looking as her, I think, at some points in this film. I would say so, yes. Yes, everyone's judged against her, even though these are lovely women. And they judge themselves against her. Yeah, they is, do. That's the John Hughes thing, though. That you can be annoyed about that. But, all, I mean, there's a great... There's loads of... Not just a great... And there's loads of truth in it. That if someone is intimidatingly gorgeous, it's very normal to be like... to make that For that to make you feel weird. Because if we live in a society in which we are judged for the way we look, someone comes along and just is better because they look better. Mm. And it does make you feel uncomfortable. You shouldn't admit to such base things, but it is true. Lisa meets Gary's parents. This um, is so good. While smoking and so having weird. a drink. Um, she describes the high school orgy that they're having. Um, she talks about tossing off. Mm. <laughs> Chips, dips, chains, whips. Great. <laughs> She's great. She's great. She has a massive go at them. Um, she pulls a gun on Dad and then she wipes his memory. What is her end game here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, if you were going to be mad about it, like your magic, you can wipe memories. You don't need to pull a gun, but we need the gun for later. So. <laughs> At least they set gun. it up the way she am bitching about. There's no setup, but there's the gun and it that pays is, off. Some setup, yeah. 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 Uh, but the parents, the parents are in the right here. Yeah, they they're slightly like... concerned that their son is going out with this woman, and he's 15. Bear in mind, yeah. yeah. Um, so we got a party. The world turns up to the party, and they immediately trash the place. Um, slightly problematic. We have the African American gentleman from the earlier bar now working behind the bar here, yeah. getting employed. Why can't he just be hanging out and having a drink? <laughs> no, no, you've got to work. John, you've got a problem. <laughs> um, but Robert Bully Jr. and his mate order a scotch from him, and he offers to stick it up their ass. Yeah, <laughs> I quite like that. Um, there's an additional scene here that got cut where uh, Gary and Wyatt have have a bunch of geeky friends who they don't know any of these people at the party. They have a bunch of geeky friends who they hang out with. They show up to the party, and everyone at the party tells them to go away but lisa insists they come in it's sort of like a save the cat moment for her where she's just really nice yeah to to, to, to more losers <laughs> um but it doesn't really add much to it so um the girls that they like show up and they're impressed with the party and then it gets weird in the bathroom um and then the boys go into the shower and mm. then they come out and then they're less attractive girls. They've been swapped. Mm. And so again, the joke is, oh, mm. as if. Uh, oh, look at those women. Uh, <laughs> gross. It's a dragnet spoof, isn't it? Uh, well, he talks like Joe Friday yeah. when he's in the shower. Yeah. But the, yeah. The, the, the girl swap is just, just a joke you wouldn't do now. You wouldn't. It's just unnecessarily cruel. Uh, the bullies offer to exchange Deb and Hilly for a crack at Lisa. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, they want a new one made with bigger tits. Um, and then the computer goes haywire and it all kicks off again. A dude ends up on the telly. People end up on the ceiling. Furniture flies up a chimney. Great. A, yep. pi a pianist clothes fly off and she zooms up the chimney as well. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> uh, the kitchen turns blue and predating Harry Potter by 20 years, the photos come to life. Oh, yeah! Wait, can you play the piano? Because we've got a role in this video. <laughs> and that's all I need to do. 
Uh-huh. She must have been like, yeah, well, look at her face. She's like, piano. why am I Are you athletic? So <laughs> well, or I mean, non-athletic. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm playing the piano. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few other bits and pieces. But as long as you... <laughs> Just really, I mean, the majority of the scene. Just stop asking fucking questions. Take clothes off. How do they do it? Like when she's clinging onto the window frame, and the clothes just go. Whoop, like, how do you do that? Do you pull them with a string? Yeah. Oh, wire. Okay. It'd, be, it'd be invisible wire. Yeah. Fine. I didn't know that. Have you never done that with anyone? Never. <laughs> no. Thank you. Watching those behind-the-scenes videos, way too much of films are made using that it's almost invisible wire. It's just so simple. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the grandparents show up and they... Oh, no, a missile bursts through the bedroom. Brilliant. Sorry, I'm getting out of order. <laughs> the order is important. Uh, yeah, a missile bursts through the bedroom. The 80s, nuclear weapons. Yeah, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, grandparents show up, won't stand for Lisa's baloney, so she freezes them. I don't think the grandparents should be here this would be one of my changes i just don't they bring anything to it you've 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 introduced chet you've established him and then you get rid of him yeah he should be involved here he should be frozen where does he actually go he goes hunting okay but don't i mean he should be i just feel like he should be part of the film because (laughs) we don't need these grandparents because they really bring nothing to the equation they're quite good though Mm. she's very good grandma okay um uh, and then, oh, I've written down stuff's just happening now. This feels quite random. Um, yeah, the stakes have been raised. It's chaos, which leads to mutant biker gang. <laughs> Could not believe this. I knew, <laughs> see, this is why I wanted you to watch this, because I knew you'd get excited by oh, this. Vernon Wells. Yeah, Vernon Wells from Mad Max, playing a character called Lord General. Yep. And his second in command is Michael Berryman from The Hills Have Eyes. Yep. Um, just if you love 80s cult movies, it's just an amazing moment mm. to have them pop up here. Um, and, yeah, they don't like the lads. They know they're unpopular dicks. They shouldn't be having a party. <laughs> um, I feel like um, Vernon Wells is wearing a get-up quite similar to that knitted chainmail top we clocked in Commando. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, our guys declare war on them. Um, we get our second use of a horrible... Uh, homophobic epitaph which hasn't aged well um, much like uh, a lot of these films in the 80s that used that and then uh, the gun comes back yay hooray <laughs> yeah it doesn't wait doesn't Anthony Michael Hall's character doesn't he say to the, the woman as mm. well why don't you shut up bitch he does he uses the B word mm. yeah. so I'm not mad about because it's meant to be I don't know she gets a, she, at least she gets a line so it's not she's just not redundant and just to be called a bitch but no we get the B word and the F word here it's it's grim but um but it's just it's even it doesn't work for his character at that point because he's a geek and if you're yeah. a geek you don't do that no you're sort of like no, you but they're, they're, they're meant to be being but they're tough. sticking up for themselves and yeah. acting tough now right Maybe it works if he's getting it wrong, but I don't think that's what they're saying. So, yeah, um, they clear the room with the gun and um, the biker gang suddenly turn very polite when they depart. I do, I do remember Michael Berryman saying he doesn't want to lose his teaching job. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, and so, yeah, as you say, they've got to learn lessons. They're, Lisa's supposed to be teaching the lessons and this one's all about sticking up for themselves. Uh, we get some more. <laughs> is, it, is she? I didn't realise. Yes. Is she teaching yeah, the lessons? Because yeah. she does tell us as well. Right. She does. Te- she tells them. Okay. Um, we get a bit more Chet here. He's home from his hunting. He pokes a gun in Deb's face. He hits her with it, doesn't he? Yeah. No, he sm- smudges her nose with it. Anyway, it's not good. No, he bashes her with the butt of the gun. Yeah. Calls- yeah. She goes out. Yeah. yeah. Not good. 
calls Hellier, Hillier bimbo, tells everyone he's not a moron, gives White a wedgie, asks to butter Lisa's muffin. That's so upsetting when he says that. But she calls him a wanker. She That's does. so brilliant. It's good to hear that in an American film. It really I is. wonder if she brought that with her. Yeah. Said, this is what we say back home. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, now I've got a section I called Love because we've got the car chase with the police. Smokey and the Bandit homage. Yep. Is it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) The way it's the way she's acting like Sally Field and he's driving and being cool and the whole thing feels very smoking the bandit. And so um Hilly and Wyatt and Gary and Deb have these moments. Um Hilly and Wyatt she says she'll be grounded, but he'll wait for her. And they kiss and he crosses his fingers. What does that mean? Does anyone know what that means? Why does he cross his fingers? He says, I'll wait for you with his fingers crossed. I hate it. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. Behind her back. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a better offer. So he's saying he's not going to wait for exactly, her? Exactly, that's what he or, means. Or, yeah, or is, yeah. It, is he, is he going to wait till Lisa's gone? And I don't know, but it undermines that moment. 100%! Because... It's like, what is that doing there? <laughs> um, Gary has a heart to heart with Deb and they kiss. Gary tells Deb the truth, that they aren't his clothes, his car, his friends. Again, it's sort of, I suppose, a message of the movie that, you know, you've got honesty is the best policy rather than pretending you're something you're not. But then he tells her he loves her and they've he's just spoken to her for the first time. Oh, Run away. And, 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 and <laughs> John, the movie needs this. The movie needs its warm, yeah, beautiful heart and, and on the sleeve moment. John, John Hughes works so hard to make these moments work, especially between the geeky character and the cool character. And I, as I said, he did four, six films in two years. Maybe he just ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, I've, I've done it so many times. People get it, uh, and so yeah, we, it just doesn't earn any of this. Um, but we're back to the house, and Chet has turned into a turd monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Craig Reardon created this. Um, it's brilliant. He called it. I mean, it was a Chet blob to him, but the the audiences called it turd monster. So he said it was compared to Jabba the Hutt in the script and early drawings. It looked a bit like that, but he gave it an amphibian reptilian form uh, but that wasn't funny so they tore it down rebuilt it to make it funnier and then to finish it off which I hadn't clocked before they give it Chet's haircut yeah that's <laughs> just the best so you know. bit. yeah <laughs> it's really funny so do you like do you like um, the turd monster that seems to be one of the most famous things from this film maybe maybe it's in my bits I don't want to spoil it but yeah I do like the turd monster. <laughs> I like the fact that he... I put frog monster. Well, I put frog thing because he eats a fly. He does eat a fly, oh. yep, yep. But yeah, I thought it was great. Okay. I, this was the bit where the movie just was like, anything goes now. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't matter anymore. Well, we're at the end. Yeah. Um, so they've got to say goodbye to Lisa and she's happy for them. She's happy that they found their true loves. They have this tearful farewell that, again, doesn't feel earned. I think it's a bad direction. I, yeah. I, I think do the scene in many ways and maybe have a version where everyone's crying and then get rid of that because it's feels really weird. Yeah. <laughs> just don't like yeah. it. The parents return, they got away with it. Um everything goes back to normal. Um and then we've got a scene in the school gymnasium. Uh we get the rocky music and um Lisa is their new PE teacher. So um initially in the original cut she just disappeared that she said goodbye to them and that was the end of the film and so they hide this gymnasium to shoot the ending and that scene at the beginning because audiences said it was just a bit too melancholy that she just left Mm. and so uh, they brought her back shot that in post-production added that joke to the beginning and then bob's your uncle fine that's the end of the film great great we we made it (laughs) yeah yeah okay uh should we do the bits then uh, Vicky, favourite scene? 
the it's not it's part of the making uh, the doll real scene, but it's actually just the computer graphics. Okay, just a sucker for that sort of yeah. thing. I, I, I like it. I like that scene as well. So yeah. that's my that's my scene. Is that for both of your scenes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's slim pickings. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. Mine's furniture shooting out of the chimney. It was that, yeah, or that. I yeah. love that moment. Yeah. I think it's great. That or the red sky from one of the two. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, most valuable ever, Alex. Uh, the late great Bill Paxton. Love him. Think he's fantastic. Yeah. Slim pickings this week, but I'm going for Bill Paxton. <laughs> Vicky. Keller the Brock. Okay. Just because you know, I love I always love Bill Paxton, so it would be easy. But I when she, when I first started watching it, I couldn't bear her. And then by the end I thought she was incredible. Mm. So I went on a journey. Very good. Uh, and if you change anything, what would you change, Vicky? Well, I can't believe that they were like, we haven't got an ending, so let's make her the PE teacher. It's like the ending is so obviously the button on their story. They go back to school and everybody loves them. Like, it's their story, no? So Gary and Wyatt go to school and their heroism at the party with Vernon Wells has been recognised in some way and now school's going to be easy. That's a John Hughes ending mm. where they are themselves but they're really popular. I wonder about this with John Hughes films, though. I do wonder when people, when they go back to school on Monday at Breakfast Club and they go back to school Monday here that I think everything goes back to how it was before. Oh, that's interesting. That's I've always better. felt that with his films, yeah. mm. which is sort of a grim ending. Uh, Alex? Nothing. Not a goddamn <laughs> thing. <laughs> I would change nothing about this film. I wouldn't change a word. Not a word, not a scene, not a look, not a glance, not a prop, not a twist, nothing. Come on, Alex. Twist, I'm twisting. Here's my thinking. You either change everything about this movie or you change nothing and just let it live on as a bewildering time capsule of what you could get away with making in the 80s. And so for that reason, I just... The list would be endless about what you'd change to make this a functioning movie or you just let it be weird science. So I'm not... It's not even the content. It's the actual art of movie making has changed so much. (laughs) I just... I couldn't begin to list all the things that need changing about this movie. you didn't have time to do this section not literally not a goddamn thing <laughs> I've literally written he's, he, no he's, he's written not a goddamn thing literally nothing you know there was a TV series of this where they tried to fix some things Vanessa Angel from Kingpin played oh really oh, yeah, I can yeah. see that yep that works yep, yep. Um, I feel like I mean the boys refer to her as a possession and that they own her. Yes. I feel like they need to learn... One of the lessons they need to learn is that women aren't possession and that they've got to set Lisa free, yeah. which I don't think really comes up or at all. Or she takes her freedom. You're so, so- close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it when he gets it just a little bit wrong. It's about the boys, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Did he say she earned her freedom? <laughs> no, they, they learn. Not she earns. They learn. Fucking okay. hell. Should we do a quiz <laughs> yeah. yeah go on okay uh, last quiz for a couple of weeks oh great <laughs> <laughs> Woo. and I've written the quiz for when I get back it might be the most boring quiz I've ever written I'm so proud <laughs> uh, so this week's quiz uh, it's, it's a crash of the titles this week we're doing one of those okay oh right there we go okay kicking off with they are in the right order aren't they Not yep. to- remind us how it works Chris I'll describe two films whose titles are melded right a 17-year-old man-dog makes a fortune in stocks and shares. Brewster's Millions. <laughs> two on. films. Just hang on a minute. The Wolf of Wall Street. You need a film. The Wolf... Oh, a 17-year-old man-dog. Teen Wolf of Wall Street. Street. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. 
<laughs> I remembered how this goes now. Yeah. Um, someone who has a similar job uh, to that bloke uh, does battle with a bison. Um, oh, God. So someone who works in stocks and shares does battle with a bison, or you could just say bison. <laughs> oh, Okay. Uh, Wall Street fighter. Correct. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, a psychopath is released from prison and goes on a binge of drink and mind-altering drugs. <sighs> Kate Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. Correct. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> um, giant fighting robots get their nails done while gossiping at the local beauty salon. Um, I just. Can't. I mean, you'd watch that film, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I just can't do this. <laughs> it's a Hugh Jackman movie and a Dolly yeah. Parton, Julia Roberts movie. Yeah. yeah. Real Steel Magnolias. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make Transformers work. Got you. Okay, good. I was trying to make Pacific Rim. I just can't. <laughs> a group of hard-boiled black and white comic book characters head to a ranch on vacation. Sin City Suckers. Correct. <laughs> All right, this could be a clean sweep, Alex. Are you ready? Yep. A sea creature is happy that the land has disappeared under the oceans. <sighs> sea creature. Want a bit more? An amphibious creature who has sex with a human woman is happy that the land... shape of water world. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. Nailed it. (laughs) All right. He's back. That's the last crush of the titles for a while. He he took that well, didn't he? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I broke a sweat. I don't know why you worry. I I do worry, though. Why? Because I've lost the last two weeks. Yeah, but they're different. I've got no chance. What? That's good. (laughs) (laughs) You dick. (laughs) All right. That is weird science, though. Uh, Let's look ahead to next week's choices. Uh, We've got a great pairing for me and you, V. This is the clue. Mercenaries with morals. That's your clue for next week's pairing. Mercenaries. With morals. Okay, you'll have another clue coming your way on Twitter at ClashPod. We're also on Instagram at ClashPod and TikTok at ClashPod. Do check in with us and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't subscribed, great. If you haven't, uh, then do it now and also tell your friends about us. That's great. We'll be back on Thursday talking Ex Machina. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.